Hi, I'm Lauren Klaschneider with Class Notes for Broadway Radio. I'm here with John Kudia, a cast member from On a Clear Day You Can See Forever, playing off-Broadway at Irish Repertory Theater. Welcome. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. Well, and the show's remarkable. Everything you guys are doing down there at Irish Rep is is really a treat. Let's just dive right in with On a Clear Day being a wonderful... Okay. On a Clear Day is a wonderfully challenging 1965 musical, of course, by Burton Lane and Alan J. Lerner. Tell us about working on the reimagining of this material. Well, I actually came to the piece very, very fresh. Um, I hadn't seen any of the other versions of the story that had been done. So I think in a way I was kind of lucky to be unburdened with uh, having any preconceived notions about how the show would be or what version of the show it would be or what would Mm. be different from previous versions. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I got to walk in kind of with clear eyes and uh, also this, uh, this character that I was cast to play just on the page was so delicious to me. I I couldn't wait <laughs> to do it, regardless of you know what was sort of happening around me. But uh-huh. it was interesting. It certainly was a very interesting topic of discussion around um, the uh, the handling of certain issues uh, in the rehearsal room, um, the way things would be said, um, referring to women, referring to. Uh, the power structure between men and women and and how those things may or may not be interpreted by a modern audience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit about Melissa Erica, who, of course, plays your plays double duty as the grand Melinda Wells and who's been reincarnated from the past as the wacky Daisy Gamble, a right. woman of telemetic powers. You play Melinda's lover from the past, Edward. That's Edward Moncrief, manages yes. to Edward Moncrief, and you, um, your character manages to hitch a ride to the present. What was the process like, and what's your performance mentality like with all that time travel? Well, we like to try and think about what the purpose of these particular people that show up in her past will mean um, to her. Um, and specifically, that was much more, it was a much greater of an issue for Melissa playing her character and trying mm-hmm. to understand, you know, what am I, what am I getting from revisiting uh, Edward in particular? What does it mean mm-hmm. to me as what do I learn from this relationship? What do I get from it? And at, like I said, it's a, it's a sort of a special thing about the role that I play was that wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. something that. I needed to think about or to play. Uh, For instance, she thought about um, how it was a statement of uh, a great sexual independence at the time um, in Mm -hmm. 1794 to pursue um, a lover. I mean, really to take the initiative in pursuing a lover. Um, And and as Edward, that just made the scene all the more sweeter to me um, Mm. that uh, that she wasn't playing the same sort of uh, usual games of playing hard to get or following the rules of etiquette and 
So it was more fun for me um, to just let her play with the importance of our relationship. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I just got to um, play with the idea of how I would fall in love with her. Um, Mm. and, uh, how, how important it was to me, how meaningful it was to me. And, uh, I think we always come back in the theater to when we play a moment about love, the most that you can play it, whether it's the greatest thing that ever happened to you or the worst thing that ever happened to you, the further you can go in those directions and trying to keep it truthful, uh, the more impact it will have on the audience. So I've tried to go as far as I can in it being the best thing to have ever happened to me. Hmm, oh, that's so lovely. Now, the show really asks the audience, who might we be under different circumstances? And right. who are we yet? And, and who are we yet to be? Talk about those questions being asked of the audience and how as an actor, it has relevance or not relevance for you? Well, it's a very interesting question because, uh, you know, we talk a lot when we're working on a piece of theater about the choices characters make. Mm-hmm. And, and as actors, we try and justify those choices with information. We, know we try and say, well, he wouldn't do this because, or he is choosing to do this because. And really, that's one of the things that we ask the audience to think about is, you know, when we make decisions like that, the impact of those decisions and how they ripple through our lives and determine who we're going to be. Um, And uh, we ask it, you know, we use just beautiful music and fun songs Mm -hmm. and fun scenes and and we don't try and beat you over the head with it, but we certainly want at the end of the the show to think that um, this character has become exactly who she's supposed to be because she's made Mm -hmm. those choices. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, the only way that it, it, again, that it sort of ripples through your performance is you make a particular choice in rehearsal and it affects you a certain way. It sends you in a certain direction. Like just as I was saying, the, the greatness or the, the badness, if you will, of falling in love, you know, whether it's the worst thing or the best thing, you know, where you, where you choose to fall on that scale will affect the rest of your performance and you will end up in a different place at the end. And so making those choices as an actor is the same as making those choices in life, only just on a much smaller, finite scale. No, that's great. That's so insightful. Now, I, I realized that you hadn't gone back to the any of the previous productions, but just for point of information, the original production had 47 cast members and 31 musicians. Right. And under Charlotte Martin's direction and with John Bellis, the musical director, the current production at Irish Rep has 11 cast members and five musicians. That's right. What What is it like taking such, let's call it a large musical, and making it so intimate? Well, I think it certainly has been much more of a challenge for Charlotte um, to try Mm -hmm. and really decide which characters could be combined, which pieces of information were the most important, and how they could be integrated into the story using fewer Mm -hmm. voices. Um, Mm -hmm. For John Bell, it was trying to um, orchestrate a very particular sound um, 
using the five instruments, but also the 11 instruments of the singers. Um, And so it really was for him, I think, a mission in taking a a large orchestra and turning it into a sort of a chamber piece. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I think what's interesting for both of them, for Charlotte and for John, is that they dealt with two of very, very different vocabularies. John, all the different vocabularies of music from Alan J. Lerner, musical theater, operetta, jazz, blues, and for Charlotte, the, the vocabulary of the different time periods, the, the 60s, the 1790s. And mm-hmm. so in a way, they, they both are, are scoring um, a piece of theater um, and trying to combine those vocabularies to tell one cohesive story. Um, so certainly, if you have more people, more characters, you can assign those duties to lots of different um, people. Um, and so just to try and reduce it in scale and still get the story told is a, a challenge. I think that they, they did a, a tremendous job at. So I, I'm, I was very impressed um, with, uh, again, all of the musical information that the audience has to receive and having a mm-hmm. cast of people so, so capable of delivering those different messages in different musical styles is just amazing. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, the Hollywood Reporter states about this production that only the most curmudgeonly could resist its undeniable charm. Why do you think this production has stood the test of time? You know, it's a great question. I think it, I think it's just humble. I think it's a humble mm-hmm. uh, story, and I think it's it just kind of bears its soul. It bears itself honestly. Mm-hmm doesn't try mm-hmm. to be anything it's not and, and lets the audience decide uh, what to mm-hmm. take from it. Like I said, there are, there's certainly a message there, but it's not going to be pounded over your head and you can be charmed mm-hmm. by the music. You can be charmed by following the, uh, you know, the hopeful eventual love story uh, or love stories. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think the charm is just in its honesty. Mm. Well, with humility, John, I would like to say thank you. Thank you. And I'm Lauren Schneider with John Kudia from On a Clear Day You Can See Forever, playing off-Broadway at the Irish Repertory Theater through August 6th. Thank you. <laughs>